This is the EWN Podcast Network. We're busy people, right? And I may not even have an extra half hour a day, but I can find 15 minutes. You know, and that whole thing of like, oh, my family needs me, my work needs me. No, they don't. Not for 15 minutes, they don't. <laughs> you can stay where you are. And the real key is to do the 15 minutes before you check your email, before you check your email, before you check your email, spend that 15 minutes because you know how it is. You start checking the email and the next thing you know, it's three in the afternoon and nothing has happened. It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Network Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from around the world. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and your host of the show. On today's show, we're talking with author Sam Bennett. She's a brilliant writer that helps creatives and artists get organized and get things done. Would you believe you can get your project done in just 15 minutes a day? Sam will show you how. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing, and the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star. In a moment, we'll welcome Sam to the show. But first, let's talk about writing. As a longtime radio guy, my first modality has always been the spoken word. I love the magic of sharing my thoughts and trying to intimately, personally connect with you and communicate. It's just something to it. But that spoken word first bias, it comes with a big downside. I'm terrible at writing. I mean, awful. And with so much of what we do every day linked to our ability to write clearly and convincingly, it's always been kind of an Achilles heel for me. Thinking back to it, I always hated grammar. And I don't really love reading all that much unless I'm sucked into the content and I find it exhausting to translate what's in my head into proper English and formatting. It just feels so restrictive and just, it annoys me. As a result of all this, my writing can feel kind of sloppy and confusing. So why am I sharing this, Pat? Why are you sharing this? Well, I'm sharing it for two reasons. First, a few episodes back, we talked about delegation and the unfair opportunity delegation has for you as a small business owner. Hiring a VA is just unbelievable. So it hit me. Hey, dummy, why don't you hire a writer? The best decision ever. I used Upwork and connected with my guy, Steve. He happens to be a creative director on the East Coast, and he's an amazing writer. It feels a little weird to have some of my emails and web pages written by somebody else, but first, nobody cares. And secondly, he's insanely talented. It's just the best. Now, the second reason that I'm talking about this is to shine a light on the talent of our guest today. Sam Bennett has a beautiful, and I mean beautiful, writing style. It feels so warm, conversational, and engaging. If there was such a thing as plastic surgery for writing talent, I would bring her book with me to the OR and just ask them to install it. It's a pleasure to learn from her, and it's really cool to have her on the show. So consider this a big old endorsement of her books. She's amazing. So with that, let's get her on the air. Her book, Get It Done, really got my attention, and it was a fun read. She also has a newer book called Start Right Where You Are. Sam, I'm curious about how you began writing books about action and organization for creative people. I've seen loads of general organization books, but never one focused on creatives 
and artists. So how did you end up there? Well, it's the water I swim in, right? My background's in theater. I grew up as a theater kid. I did shows. I worked as an actor for most of my adult life and did a lot of TV and improvisational comedy and radio and all kinds of stuff. And I kept reading all those books around how to get organized and how to manage your time and set better goals. And I love them. There's a lot of really great ones out there. But, you know, highly creative people don't really care who's moved their cheese. (laughs) They didn't really seem set up for those of us who have a little bit more of a hodgepodge life, who have a lot of different talents and skills, have a lot of things we're interested in doing. And especially those projects that are really close to your heart. Like, you know how you get everything done for everybody else all day, but your thing is still sitting in a drawer, your novel isn't moving forward, that thing that you know would really make a difference, somehow you never get going on. So I just wrote the book I wanted to read. That's a great way to do it. And I read the book and it just spoke to me because some of the examples you use made me go, yep, yep, that happens to me. That, that does too. And in the book, Get It Done, you teach people how to get it done in 15 minutes a day, which sounds mind-blowing. What's the big idea here? There's so much beauty and magic in the 15 minutes a day thing. And I'm, I certainly did not invent this. There's plenty of people who've mentioned this idea before. But what I love about it, especially for highly creative people, is first of all, I think it gets us out of fantasy land, right? There's the fantasy land of like, oh, someday I'm going to have all this time. Someday the conditions are just going to be right. Someday I'll have the confidence. That day is not coming. (laughs) I wish for all of us that we could just wake up at a villa in Provence and have three months to do nothing but (laughs) our hard work, but that doesn't happen to anybody I know. So the day we have is today. The moment we have is now. All the power is right now. So to get it out of fantasy land and into what can I do right this very minute. It also, we're busy people, right? And I may not even have an extra half hour a day, but I can find 15 minutes. Now, and that whole thing of like, oh, my family needs me, my work needs me. No, they don't. Not for 15 minutes, they don't. <laughs> you can stay where you are. And the real key is to do the 15 minutes before you check your email, before you check your email, before you check your email. <laughs> Spend that 15 minutes because you know how it is. You start checking the email and the next thing you know, it's three in the afternoon and nothing has happened. So do it first. The other thing I love about it is that it hopscotches right over your perfectionism because how perfect is it going to be in 15 minutes, right? And it allows you to chunk stuff out, make it really super small. Like, okay, I'm not going to write my book in 15 minutes, but I could write the back cover copy. I could write these six paragraphs. I could revise this part of chapter four. You can put things into sort of movable steps. And even if it doesn't go that well, well, you're going to do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And it's not that hard to see how 15 minutes a day, every single day for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, like you see real progress and that lights you up inside. And what happens to a creative's mind when they start seeing and feeling the progress? Like, well, I'm on chapter four. This is happening. Yeah, yeah. It's so thrilling and like you're in it. Part of what I love is this slight smugness that comes. <laughs> it's a little like when you work out in the morning and you spend all day like, yeah, that's right, people. Yeah, check me out. I went to the gym. That's right. <laughs> Same thing. When you spend just that little bit of time on the stuff that really matters to you, your flame is lit. You're creatively engaged. And that's the best part of you. This myth of like, well, I can't take time for my own work. That would be selfish. This is a lie. 
Because what is actually selfish is you walking around exhausted and stressed out and with no sense of humor and the rest of us have to deal with you like that. You spend that little bit of time on whatever, and I say creative project, it could be anything. It could be stretching, it could be prayer and meditation, it could be musical, literary, coding, I don't know what you want to do, anything, right? But you spend that little bit of time on your thing and now you've done it. You've checked it off the list for the day and you're more present, you're more connected, there's a light in your eyes, you're less reactive, you can listen better, you have better ideas. Like, we would love that version of you. Please bring that version of you to the world. Please. Well, if you're not working on what you love, it hurts you in two ways, I think. One, you're not doing what you want to do with your life. But secondly, you're often, as you mentioned before, giving your best to other people and building their dreams, which is just deflating to a lot of people. It's exhausting. And for so many of us, the joy of creative work comes from the work itself. This is one of the things that people, I think, don't always get about creative work. And again, when I say creative, I don't necessarily mean artistic, right? Sure. Everyone is creative. Not everyone is artistic. So your zone of creative genius is whatever that area is that you're just naturally drawn to. You're fascinated and you don't know why and you love it and you don't know why. And if somebody woke you up at three in the morning and said, hey, hey, we're going to go do this, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah, where are my shoes? Yeah, I'm coming. (laughs) You'd be excited. Like whatever that is, and whether it's you know how to make people feel better when they're sad, or you know how to plan a great party, or you know how to fly fishing or Chinese pottery. I don't know. Whatever that is for you. What we love is the process and that the process of doing that work actually feeds our soul, right? The work we do for other people, the work we get paid for, that depletes our energy, right? I mean, it costs you. That's why they give you money for it. You are trading your life energy for money. Your zone of creative genius, your creative work, that actually feeds you. It nourishes you. It doesn't feel like work. You mentioned before that there are a lot of books on creativity and also a lot of books on productivity. You're mixing the two. And in that process, you had one of the most unique outlooks on procrastination that I've ever heard. Can you share that? Because I've never heard anyone approach the concept of what procrastination really is like you did and get it done. Well, procrastination is a very big word (laughs) that we use to cover a multitude of sins. Most of the time, I think procrastination means your project is too big. You're thinking, oh, I want to write a book. Well, nobody knows how to write a book. Right. It's like saying I want to lose 50 pounds. You can't lose 50 pounds. (laughs) That'd be great if I could. You can only choose broccoli over ice cream today. (laughs) The 50 pounds is made up of a lot of little tiny iterative decisions. Creative process is the same thing. It's one of the wonderful things of working with highly creative people is they get these big ideas. It's huge and it's dimensionalized. And it's like somebody thinking, I know I want to redo the whole house. And you just, you see the whole thing inside your mind and it's amazing. But then you're immediately overwhelmed because how does a person even do that? So you got to chunk it out. You got to go small. Mm -hmm. I will also say that sometimes procrastination means you don't care about it. It's somebody else's idea. It's somebody else's dream. It's a should. Just been something you've been carrying around. It's something a younger you wanted to do. But you wouldn't let the 15-year-old you make other decisions for your life. You know? Right. No. <laughs> and I think that's important too. Sometimes to go like, wow, I've been giving myself a hard time about not doing this thing. That in fact, I don't really care that much about. It doesn't actually matter to me. So the content in the book is fantastic, especially for people that create things for a living or enjoy creating things. But I have a question about your writing process. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I'm really curious. 
And I hope this is a compliment because I'm trying to say it as a compliment. Your writing is uniquely conversational. You sound just like you sound talking to me when I read your book. The phrases you use, the examples you give, the slang you inject. It's so much fun to read. And my question is, do you dictate and then type from there? Because it reads like you're dictating and then typing rather than just typing first. And maybe that's a, a writing nerd question, but I just love the way that your stuff reads. Thank you. You're making me very happy inside because <laughs> I want it to feel that way. I want it to feel easy and fun to read and like you're hanging out with a friend. Right. A supportive friend who really wants you to get your creative stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> well, two things are true, especially in Get It Done. I started teaching the material in Get It Done in like the year 2000, I think. And it was just one of a lot of things I was doing. Like I said, I was working full-time as an actor. I was teaching some other stuff. I had a lot of jobs and gigs and projects and shows and auditions and running around. And so like once a year, I would teach this class to 11 people in a church basement in Van Nuys. Maybe I charged them $75 and felt really weird about it. Like <laughs> it was not... Right. I fell into this completely sideways. It was not my intention to have this be my life. So by the time I actually started writing the book, I had been teaching the material for a while. So I had a bunch of good teaching stories. I had seen, I'd been able to sort of test drive a lot of the examples, a lot of the worksheets, a lot of the exercises. And when you're doing it live in a room with actual people, you can see on their faces, you can see their ahas, you can see where they get stuck or confused. You can be with them through that. There was a long time in the rock tumbler, I guess is what I'm saying. There's a certain amount of verbal pattern, you're right, that is kind of in there verbatim. So I didn't record it, but I kind of could have. What I found, Start Right Where You Are, my second book, I thought, oh, I'll do it the same way. So I taught the class, recorded all the classes. I'm like, this is going to be a piece of cake. Turns out, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I really did need to sit down and actually write it. So yeah, it is an actual process of actually writing and then making really deliberate word choices and phrasing choices and then having an editor go through and sometimes they're like, mm, this doesn't seem right. And I'm like, no, it's a funny, funny joke. Yeah, <laughs> so, <that sounds> <laughs> Tell us about Start Right Where You Are because I devoured Get It Done. I have Start Right Where You Are on my reading list. Can you tell us a little bit about that book in case someone's intrigued by Get It Done and they want to move on to the second book? Yeah. And in some ways, Start Right Where You Are is almost the prequel, right? So the full title is Start Right Where You Are how little changes can make a big difference for overwhelmed procrastinators, frustrated overachievers, and recovering perfectionists. And what it is, is there's a lot of really teeny tiny chapters, right? So some of them are just a page or two, and they each have a little action step that you can do right in that moment. So you can start right where you are, right? I wanted the title of the book and the action of the book to match the message of the book. And in some ways, like I say, yeah, it's almost the prequel, because Get It Done is very much sort of project management for creative people, right? How do I figure out which of my 137 ideas I should be working on? How do I prioritize? How do I stay motivated? How do I market? How do I get over the critical voice in my head? All that stuff. Start Right Where You Are is more about the inner game of developing your creative voice and having creative integrity. Because if it's not actually okay with you that you get your work out into the world, then it doesn't matter what exercises and tips and tricks I give you, right? So Start Right Where You Are is sort of my manifesto that self-help works. <laughs> <laughs> but only if you do it. <laughs> like you can't yeah. just read about it. It's like reading about swimming. Like you can read about swimming for a long time and learn a lot about swimming, but it's very different than what happens when you actually get in the water. So Start Right Where You Are is about getting actually in the water. 
So what is your life like? Are you writing new books in the background? Are you daydreaming about it? What does the future hold for you and the projects that are in the hopper for you? Yes, thank you for asking. I did just create a new planner. It's called the Real Life Planner and it's based on some of the principles in Get It Done. So it's sort of a way to make that a little more actionable for people. And that's a brand new baby, baby project and we've just started and it's very exciting to me. I am working on a new book and there's a reason most people don't write books. (laughs) It's really hard. (laughs) Sounds hard. It is. And this book has had a couple of... I started writing one another book. I got to a certain point and then it just... It's like you're reaching up onto the shelf and there's nothing there. Like all of a sudden I was just done. I was like, okay, now's not the right time for this one, I guess. And then I started working on another one that I'm very excited about. And I just, I got an agent for that book. And so that's sort of in process right now. So in the next, I don't know, 18 months, (laughs) there should be a new book out. More to come with Sam Bennett. She is a successful author. And I know that you might be dreaming of writing that book someday. I'm going to ask her about her writing process and see if we can learn some stuff. We'll also talk about why it just seems so hard sometimes. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm using Cultivating Sales to not only organize my clients and partners, I'm using it to manage this worldwide podcast. With this one program, I built and host the show's webpage where guests can apply, book their dates, and subscribe. It also manages the email communications and Lift As We Climb VIP text program. The one program has replaced so many other subscriptions, it practically pays for itself. Stay close to your customers with texts, emails, sales funnels, calendars, a course builder, and even a website builder. Get the secret discount just for Lift As We Climb listeners. Visit cultivatingsales.com slash lift to capture it. That's cultivatingsales.com slash lift. And the LinkedIn Lifestyle, the secret recipe to attract the right people and build authentic relationships on LinkedIn. Before I worked with the LinkedIn lady, my LinkedIn was a mess. Then she introduced me to the LinkedIn lifestyle. And now I'm loaded with daily content ideas. My profile views are up and my engagement has improved. If you're trying to do business on LinkedIn, join me and lead the LinkedIn lifestyle. Visit linkedinlifestyle.com slash star to get the free report, Five Fatal Flaws in Most LinkedIn Profiles. Watch your profile views and post performance soar with these tips. They work. Get the report now at linkedinlifestyle.com slash star. And The Expressory, your relationship building concierge. I just launched the Idea Collective for Small Business Owners and Jamie and the team at The Expressory are blowing my members' minds. When a new member signs up, the Expressory team is automatically alerted to send a personalized surprise welcome gift right to their doorstep. The members are so surprised that they talk about the group on social media and feel more connected to our mission. Right now, you have a cool opportunity to experience the Expressory for yourself for free. Simply text the word TEST to 414-240-1315. That's TEST to 414-240-1315. And you'll get a surprise mailing including various samples of their handmade cards right to your door. You'll love the experience and you'll want it for your business too. Try out the Expressory today.
Well, as an aside, if we have someone listening that's thought about writing a book, can you just give us some of the pitfalls and some of the dangers and what makes it so difficult? Because I've heard that from other people that have chosen to write a book. Either they made it or they didn't, but they all said the same thing. This is tough. Yeah, it's tough to chunk it out. It's tough to ignore that voice in your head that's saying, this is terrible. You're stupid. No one's going to care about this. This is really bad. This is really bad. No, you're going to get laughed at. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) That voice is really persistent and it's just as clever as you are. It'll come up with all the clever little things that'll stop you dead in your tracks. And it is your job to just keep navigating past that. My two best strategies for that. One is, well, that's why God made editors right? It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. So then we can make it more perfect. Uh And the other thing I do sometimes that actually really helps is to think to myself, well, okay, fine. Maybe it's stupid. Maybe no one cares. That's entirely possible. Can I make this bit of writing better right now? Do I know how to improve this sentence, this paragraph, this lesson, this thing? And when I ask the question to myself in that tone of voice, like, okay, Sam, can you make it better? Sometimes it's like, oh, I can make it better. Like this word choice could be stronger. This sentence could be shorter. I could lose this. I could emphasize that. Like, oh yeah, I do know how to make it better. Other times I go, "Mm, I don't know how to make it better. Great. Okay. So let's leave it for right now. Maybe you'll know more later. But I find that we all get tortured by that. Like, what if it's not good enough? Like, well, that's possible that it's not good enough, but can you make it better right now? Do you know how to do that right now? It's hard to find the time because it is very time consuming to write a book. And the visibility thing is real. Like, oh shoot, I'm going to put this out there and everybody's going to see it. It's going to be my name. People are going to have opinions. And like, (laughs) it's scary. We're tribal animals. We're genetically programmed to be very sensitive to the group. Like, we want the tribe to approve of us. We don't want to be too weird. So it feels legitimately risky, like survival risky. So when your books come out, how do you know? When do you get that validation? When you see it on the shelf, when sales start, when a certain person in your life gives you a pat on the head, how do you get that validation? Because I'm sure that inside all of us, there's something that we're waiting for to happen, that approval. Is there something for you that like when this happens, maybe it's a letter from a reader or something? Like, How do you know that you've done a good job? It's all really thrilling, I have to say. I mean, like when just getting the publishing deal to begin with, having Seth Godin endorse the book, I'm so not over that. I am totally not over that at all. <laughs> like That just sends me every time I think about it and kind of freaks me out. Certainly getting letters from people, seeing it on the shelf, all of that is as a lifelong book lover. I was total bookworm as a child and still am as a grown-up and books have saved me over and over again. So to be on a shelf in a bookstore is just a dream to me. But honestly, the thing that made me feel the best about it, this is so counterintuitive, but when the first book was coming out and a book launched, writing a book is hard. Launching a book is also very hard. (laughs) And there's an infinite number of things that you could and should be doing to promote the book. So like, you're just sort of dog paddling along for a long time to try and get anyone to notice this book. And the day of my book launch came and my family had come out to visit, which was great. And we went whale watching because I live in Southern California where you can do that kind of thing. And it's a great activity for my parents and my little niece and nephew, right? The whole nice family activity. Beautiful day out on the ocean. And I love the ocean. I love to swim. And being out in the ocean and seeing these whales 
and these dolphins and these seals and all this life and remembering, oh, that's right. Most of this planet is water. This isn't really our planet. It's really their planet. And they don't care that I wrote a book. <laughs> like from the perspective of the whale, <laughs> what I have done does not matter at all. And I found that so restful. Like all of a sudden I could feel the accomplishment of it and also feel the temporality and the meaninglessness of it. Oh, that's great. I could talk to you for another four hours, but I know we've got things to do. But I do want to make sure if someone's listening and they feel stuck, they are procrastinating. They're not doing the 15 minutes a day. You're offering a procrastination domination starter kit as well as the books. But tell us about the starter kit to get someone going. Yeah, the starter kit is really two of my very best exercises from Get It Done. The first one is to help you decide which of your 137 ideas you should be working on right now, because that's we often get paralyzed by choice, right? So it's a very simple little exercise. It's a little game almost to help you decide, settle on, on really the right project for you to be working on right now. And then there's a little exercise at the end that's super quick that has to do with managing compliments and criticisms. Because again, that fear of judgment, whether it's coming from inside of your own head or from somebody else's voice, it's hard. It's hard to handle that what are they going to say part. And this little strategy works in seconds and 100% of the time. It's amazing. No matter what you create out of thin air, if you read one of Sam's books, I swear it will feel like you're in this conversation and she's talking right to you. I absolutely love Get It Done. I can't wait to get to the other one. Thank you for coming on the show. It's great to talk to you. My pleasure, Pat. Thank you so much for having me. If you're enjoying the show, you need to hop in as a Lift As We Climb VIP. It's simple and easy. Just text the word LIFT to 414-240-1315. That's LIFT to 414-240-1315. You'll get a reminder when new shows are released. We'll also do some giveaways from time to time too. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star, and cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and a premier success coach for the eWomen Network. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.